Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, Certified Lymphedema Therapist and the host of Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of Lymphedema Podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each week, I discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better the journey ahead. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Welcome back for episode 17 of Lymphedema Podcast. First and foremost, I want to advise you not to listen to this episode around young children or anyone you aren't comfortable discussing your sex life with. You have been warned. Today's topic is pregnancy and intimacy-related struggles that many people living with lymphedema face. Sarah has had primary lymphedema since April 2013 and currently serves as a global communication specialist for Jopes Compression Garments. Sarah, thank you so much for being on this morning. Thank you for having me. So I want to go ahead and jump in to your story of how you were first diagnosed with lymphedema. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I was uh, about three months into my first pregnancy, <clears throat> and I noticed that I had some swelling uh, just in my left leg, which looked a bit unusual to me because I was thinking, you know, you're pregnant and when you become pregnant, your body starts getting some swelling in it. But yeah, one leg seemed a bit weird. So I went to the hospital and I went through uh, many tests. And at, at first I thought I had a blood clot, um, but it turned out to not be a blood clot. And um, I still had to stay in hospital for 24 hours to try and figure out what was happening. But there was no conclusion um, at this stage. So I went through my whole pregnancy just being told to wear two compression garments, one on each leg. And um, then at the end of the pregnancy, when I gave birth, perhaps the swelling would go away. But it didn't. And then I continued to search for information as to why my leg was still swollen. And it was probably about um, a year and a half after first realizing that I had swelling until I was diagnosed with primary lymphedema at a vascular surgeon's office. That's a mm. lot. A toddler and a new disease of lymphedema and learning all about that. That must have been hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, you when you become pregnant, you think it's going to be this beautiful um, experience, and um, which, which it is, but then all of a sudden you have, you know, something like this happen and a chronic condition that you suddenly have to take care of as well, which is um, very time consuming and demanding of uh, resources and and your energy to to make sure, you know, your leg stays under control. So having to balance this with a newborn um, is, yeah, it was, it was a challenge. At what point did you start to think, okay, I've got this under control now? When they gave it a name, I still had no idea what this was. So um, it took me a long, long time to really understand that lymphedema is something that doesn't go away. It was something that I really had to manage properly, 
not just in a whatever kind of way, but there were really some strategies and some proper um, management practices that had to be in place for me to have the best therapeutic outcomes. So in all honesty, I would say that it was probably about four years into having lymphedema that I, that I really understood this. And it was about the time uh, actually that I had surgery on my leg when I had a lymph node transfer and I also had some liposuction. At what point when the swelling didn't go away, how long had it been that you kind of thought, okay, I need to talk to my doctor about this? A couple of weeks after, I was like, okay, something's still not right. I wonder why the swelling hasn't gone down because I'm, you know, my, my tummy's gone down. I'm, I'm losing a little bit of the excess fluid that I have in my body anyway, like in other areas and, um, you know, the normal pregnancy weight gain is starting to slowly go down. Uh, but yeah, this leg was still swollen and that was that was quite concerning. Did it hurt? No, no. I didn't have any pain. It was just very tight and uncomfortable and I had a lot of um, limited mobility, like especially around the joints, like my knee and my ankle. But there was no pain for me. So I read a quote on, I believe it was your Instagram, and it said something to the effect of, I thought that if the first pregnancy caused this, then the second might cure it. <laughs> yeah, well, come on, doesn't this happen sometime with like other diseases where a pregnancy can like miraculously cure some chronic disease? <laughs> so I, yeah, I think um, I was really hoping that maybe I might be one of those miracle cases, but unfortunately it kind of went the opposite direction and <laughs> my leg became worse. Um, but this was this was really due to a combination of, of things and, and people always freak out when I tell them that my in my second pregnancy my leg got worse. But the, like I said, it was due to many reasons, not just having lymphedema because at that time I was not wearing flat-knit compression garments. I was wearing very thin um, circular knit stockings that were not containing my swelling at all. So with this combined with the fact it was the middle of summer and there was a massive heat wave, it was extremely hot and humid where I was living. Um, and we all know that this is terrible for lymphedema. So yes. this was another factor yeah, that made my leg just go out of control. Plus I had no idea about bandaging. I was never told to bandage my leg or to wrap it, uh, you know, with a, with a Velcro wrap system. I had no idea of all these super important um, tools to manage lymphedema at that time. So, you know, you think you're doing all these right things. I was wearing my compression garment, um, but it didn't matter because it was not the right one and, and it just blew out of control. Just to clarify, that was no judgment at all. I feel like I would be the same way. I'd be like, well, if the first one caused it, maybe the second one or the third one, maybe I should just keep going until it goes away. So no judgment yeah, at all. Well, maybe I I'll try for a third. One. Maybe I'll try for a third one and hopefully it will be like <laughs> the moment I've been waiting for. Just make <laughs> no, sure you're not pregnant during summer. Yeah, exactly. Happy babies in winter. <laughs> she can plan it. What did you learn from your second pregnancy? And I know you just said that the weather really affected your swelling and things that were really out of your control. But were there other things about your lymphedema that you learned through your second pregnancy that you hadn't quite yet discovered before? Well, I was definitely more vigilant in doing exercise in my second pregnancy because um, I spent a lot of 
my time in Australia. The time I was living in France, but I went home for a couple of months to see my family. And during this time, I didn't have access to my regular physiotherapist, any of my yeah, doctors here. So I had to sort of take care of myself. And that meant more exercise because I thought, you know, I'm not doing manual lymphatic drainage at this time, but it's really important that I, I should be doing this in my pregnancy. So therefore, I will swim a lot. And I th that was kind of like the trade-off for me. So I really went hard with my exercise and, you know, safely, obviously, during pregnancy. But um, I was swimming nearly every day. And, um, you know, I, I eat quite healthily anyway, but I continued this as well through my pregnancy. And just being very vigilant with wearing compression and compliant with this 24-7. So those were probably the two big things was exercising more and, yeah, just keeping on top of, of wearing compression. So what advice do you have for other women who don't currently have lymphedema but who might be going through the same thing with recognizing some swelling that's sticking around after pregnancy? Yeah, well, I think in any pregnancy, women are going to have swelling to some degree anyway at some stage. So I think for women that don't have lymphedema but they notice swelling is sticking around, um, I think a good idea would be to go to see a physiotherapist or somebody that's trained in giving manual lymphatic drainage because this can be an easy solution for that little bit of liquid that won't budge. Um, just having some nice lymph drainage um, done to the region that's affected could, could really help. Um, I mean, compression garments are always a, a good idea because they help support the body's tissues and help to not let that fluid infiltrate those tissues um, so much. So I would definitely say maybe keep wearing compression garments if they um, are still experience a bit of swelling after their pregnancy because, you know, this could all be normal. And when you are wearing compression during your pregnancy, did you wear the maternity pantyhose or did you find the thigh highs more comfortable? I was wearing just thigh highs because I didn't realize there was an option when you can get maternity compression that has the bump covered as well. This is a really great option because, um, you know, even if you might just have swelling or lymphedema in one leg, it's always good to pantyhose on that have both legs covered. Is there anything a woman who already has lymphedema prior to pregnancy can do to decrease the effects of pregnancy on lymphedema? Yeah, for sure. There's heaps of things. And gosh, I wish I had known this when I was pregnant. But from what I understand now, um, it's first thing is compression. Compression during the day and make sure it's the right kind of compression because if you're not in correct compression for your body and for your individual needs, then it's not going to work super effectively like it could if you have, you know, a custom-made pair of garments. So definitely... Um, that's the first step, compression. Um, second step, I would say to also look into like a night compression routine because this is something that, you know, whether you're pregnant with lymphedema or not or just regular, you're a man with lymphedema, anybody who has uh, chronic swelling, I think night compression is a huge topic we don't really talk about so much. So if I was pregnant again, I would look into bandaging at night. I look into even wearing a, you know, a Velcro wrap system if this is easier because when your bum gets bigger, maybe it's harder to bandage your leg. So definitely something 
that you can wear during the night because um, this, for me, really, really makes a difference um, now that I'm not pregnant, but I, I wish I had known this when I was pregnant, but also exercise. Exercising, so getting in the swimming pool and swimming is probably one of the best things that you can do during your pregnancy because you know the 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 pressure of the water is like a is like a natural lymphatic drainage massage. So so this is really great. Um, the muscle pump when you're kicking, this is helping to move lymphatic fluid out of your out of your tissues and back into your bloodstream. So any kind of movement is great. If you don't like swimming, you can do all your light exercises in the gym. Um, stretching yoga is really great for when you're pregnant as well and, and the lymphatic system with all the muscle stretch and deep breathing um, so yeah exercise is a big thing and probably the next thing that I would suggest is yeah healthy healthy diet cutting back on the sugars the bad foods and all the stuff that you really really want to eat when you're pregnant <laughs> unfortunately I don't think this is super helpful uh, for lymphedema but um yeah, maybe going easy with all the bad junk foods and, and trying to stick to a healthier, clean diet. I think that's all really great advice because those three Thanks. always, those already work very well for someone mm -hmm. with lymphedema. And then you throw yeah. in pregnancy where those lymphedema symptoms are just on overdrive where your body has all this extra fluid it's already producing and all the hormones yeah, and, that, and yeah. I think it will help so much. Exactly. And just on, on the hormone topic, this is something that really, again, there's so little research about it, but if you speak to many women, like when they when they have their period, they, they will tell you that they can see their leg and their swelling is affected. So, you know, during a time when it's like pregnancy and you have a lot of crazy hormones going around and changing the levels in your body, um, this is similar a similar thing that makes your swelling go up and down as well. I don't think, you know, it's, it's something to be afraid of and to stop you from getting pregnant because people ask me this a lot as well. They're like, oh, my God, like if you could do this again, um, would you get pregnant? Like, would, do you regret getting pregnant because this gave you lymphedema? And I'm like, well, no, um, I don't. I would never it would never stop me from having a family because this is more important to me. It's just to be aware that these hormones, when they're changing during pregnancy, they will make your leg and they not will. They most likely will make your leg fluctuate and swelling. Um, but at the end of pregnancy, it generally does go away. There's there's very little research on this. I think there's one research article I've read from Dr. Peter Mortimer in the UK, and he does discuss a little bit about pregnancy and lymphedema. And this is um, this is what he said in this article that, you know, it's normal for a pregnancy. You put on, um, you, you gain some, some excess fluid in your body. Unfortunately, for people that already have a chronic swelling disorder, this means you will also get some more fluid, perhaps in, in your leg or your arm, wherever you have your problem. But generally speaking, it does go away. So I'm going to go ahead and transition into our next topic. And the best mm -hmm. way that I know how is by saying we all know how babies are made. Mm -hmm. We're gonna talk a little bit about how lymphedema affects a sex life. Before we start, <clears throat> I wanna go ahead and thank everyone who has sent me either an email or a DM on Facebook or Instagram when I had asked for questions because I can't relate to this because I do not have lymphedema. I relate to this because I have patients and I've heard for years their personal struggles that they have confided in me. And I didn't feel right taking their questions and their scenarios and blasting them up here on the podcast. So it was very helpful to get 
everyone's insight. I have pages of papers that I wrote down questions as you guys sent them in. So if you're listening to this, thank you so much for sending in your content and your questions because that's the whole purpose of the podcast is I want to get your questions answered by people who have lived it or who devote their life's practice to this disease. So thank you so much for that. And first, Sarah, I'm just going to start. It's going to be out there. Um, Let's do it. How I'm does, excited. Thank you. How <laughs> does lymphedema affect a sex life? Um, well, I think that's a pretty broad question because, first of all, everyone's different. If I can just start by saying that, everybody may have a different uh, level, let's say, of self-confidence when they have lymphedema. Originally, you know, when I was first diagnosed with it, it wasn't anything that um, really affected my sex life, let's say. It was more something that affected my self-esteem and how I asked myself from other people's perspectives. Maybe I didn't feel so um, pretty or I didn't feel so attractive, but it was not something that went, uh, this translated into the bedroom because I always felt really um, comfortable and, and loved by my husband at the time. Um, so for me, this, you know, physically the way that my leg looked, I didn't feel like he was staring at me or looking at it and being turned off by this because, you know, he, he was present in my life when I, when I was diagnosed with lymphedema, he knew me before I had lymphedema. So it wasn't like something that I felt he was judging or, or comparing me to other women maybe that didn't have lymphedema and this might be more appealing to him. So this, um, yeah, physically was not a, a problem for me. The only problem was uh, maybe, you know, like when you've got your leg bandaged at night, this, this is not so sexy. <laughs> um, and there's a bit of a dilemma there where you're like, okay, you know, you know, they don't call it the wild monkey dance for nothing because, you know, <laughs> when you're doing the wild monkey dance, you're moving around a lot and you need a bit of flexibility, let's just say that. So when you've got your leg in bandages, it's not so, like, giving and flexible. So there's that question like, okay, do I rip these off or do I just keep them on and, like, you know, let it happen like that. So there, this is a bit of a block, but... And putting those bandages <laughs> on aren't exactly easy. There's a bit of a monkey dance no. that goes along with putting on the bandages too, I would say. <laughs> there is. Yeah, and all this hard work. Like, do you really want to rip it off? Is it worth ripping it off? <laughs> That's a question you have to ask yourself. <laughs> so, But no, I mean, when it, I've had people ask me these questions as well through my um, Instagram account and people that I speak with often um, that I've met online, they ask me, what, how do you do this? Like at nighttime when you've got your leg bandaged, my God, like I don't want him to see this. I don't want my husband or boyfriend to, to see my leg like this. This is so such a turn off. And I'm like, well, who cares? Like they're just going to love you anyway. I, I think that it's more us that has a problem with it than our partners, to be honest. So that really leads well into this next question. And we've, we've said it a couple times already, but it was repeated in the questions that I was receiving about self-confidence and a positive body image and basically the role that self-esteem and body confidence plays in keeping that intimacy going. If you, so I hate to say patient and partner, but I think that'll clarify here. If the patient 
has body image pro problems is not the right word, but if you're less confident in your body image because of the lymphedema, then your partner will feel that. They will sense that. You will give them that message. And so in return, that could cause them disinterest. And then your feelings are hurt. But really, it comes back to the self-esteem, right? That the self-esteem has caused you to become disinterested because you don't want them to see it. And yeah. um, the question yeah. that I got was, do you think someone's partner can sense the change in self-esteem leading to them having a disinterest in intimacy? I think that the partner can obviously sense the, the change in self-esteem, but I don't, you know, I don't think this, this leads to a disinterest from the partner to want to be intimate with that person. Um, I think, I think it comes down to your, your support level in your relationship and how connected you are as a couple um, that can really get you through this because, um, you know, if your partner is not accepting of the fact that you have lymphedema or is turned off by this or, um, you know, doesn't want to touch you or, or, or thinks it's weird, whatever, I don't think this is really a healthy relationship anyway. And maybe there are other problems that stem in, from this in the relationship, you know, like I don't know. But I I think if I was ever with somebody like this, um, I it's not my problem, it's theirs, you know, and this, this for me would be unacceptable in a relationship anyway. I think, yeah, it would be more the other person's problem, but not mine. I think that's so right, because I feel like that would be my take on it as well, that mm. if I was to develop <clears throat> lymphedema, my husband and I have been married for years, he knew me before lymphedema, I'm still the same person, mm. my leg yeah. is just bigger or my arm, or whatever, you know, wherever it may yeah. be. And so mm -hmm. if it's an extremity like that, I feel that we, we kind of let it get in our head. For sure. But then you've got other, you know, we don't just have swelling in our arms and legs. You can get it in your genital regions as well. And this is an entirely different topic because this can actually be a physical barrier to having sex as well if you have a lot of swelling um, in your genitals, whether you're male or female. So this, I think this is another level to the to the to this discussion. Um, and, and this is not, let's say, um, a problem with self-esteem. This is a physical um, barrier perhaps to having sex in some cases, of obviously requiring good management and compression and all that. But um, I think if we're just talking about like, let's say not um, really severe cases of swelling, even though, you know, I've certainly experienced at times when I was like pregnant and um, when I've had surgery on my leg, I've had, you know, I've had swelling down there as well. And I like, I know it's a taboo topic for lymphedema as well, but, you know, I don't care to talk about this because it is what it is. Um, for me, it's not there every day, but when I, you know, have had like I said, surgery, I've had swelling down there and this is like, whoa, this makes you feel not good. Mm. Um, but I, I don't so much remember at that time because actually I was recovering from surgery, you know, any <laughs> bedroom activity is happening because I was probably more like, yeah, recovering from surgery. But I think this this is a scary thought that can definitely impact your sex life um, when it, when you have swelling in your genital regions. So if someone is suffering from poor self-esteem or a poor um, body image, 
What do you think they could do to build their self-esteem and build their confidence back in themselves? Well, I think it's about, first of all, getting feeling in control of your lymphedema. And this is obviously not very easy, but for me, this is where it started. When, when, because, my, you know, my self-esteem did go down a lot and I felt really bad in myself when I was first diagnosed with lymphedema for quite a long time, I felt like this. But it wasn't um, until I started to learn more about the condition and how I can better manage it and actually take control of it a little bit more that I started to feel good about myself again. When you feel helpless about a situation, it's really bad. When you think that there's no solution, I can't change this, therefore I'm always going to look like this. No, it's not true. There are many, many things you can do. You just have to find the right tools and the right management strategies to help your particular case. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of problem solving, but you can get to a level where you are in control and feeling a lot happier about your your arm or your leg or wherever you have swelling. Um, And that's when the self-confidence kicks in a little bit. It's empowerment. You know, that's all it is. It's empowerment and it makes you feel like the boss again. And I think that is such a hurdle to get over. I know you said at Mm. the beginning that managing your lymphedema is first and foremost, but it's also kind of the hardest thing to do, that getting control over the the swelling, uh, nailing that routine that you're doing day in and day out, it can play a toll on you. And if you don't have, I don't know, mental toughness to kind of Mm -hmm. stick to it and just say, okay, you know, no matter what, I'm every day, I'm going to be wearing compression, I'm going to exercise, I'll practice good skincare, And I'm eating good foods that support my system and support my body well, and I'm not feeding myself Mm -hmm. junk. That is a big hurdle. But just like exercise, you start to feel better as you do it longer. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. It's routine. And that's, um, I think it's it's a really good way to compare it. Um, Lymphedema management is like when you when you start at the gym it's really hard and it sucks and you don't want to do it and you just want to go home and sit on the couch and drink a glass of red wine Mm -hmm. um but no you have to like get motivated to move your butt and go to the gym do your workouts and come home and the more you do it it just like becomes part of your routine and then actually you feel bad if you don't go to the gym and you feel guilty and therefore you make up for it the next day you know so once we make something part of our routine Um, and enjoyable in a way, it becomes a lot easier. And I can say this for myself with lymphedema, like it's rare that I think about what I have to do because it's just part of my everyday routine and I just do it. I don't sit there every day and go, oh my gosh, I have to put my compression garments on again today. I just do it. I know I have to. That's acceptance, you know. You have to just accept the fact you have to do it, get over it and start doing it because otherwise it's just going to get worse and you're going to have more stuff to complain about. So try to just take control at the moment and and really accept that this is what you got to do if you want to have results. And that will definitely build your confidence because you feel like you're in control of it and it's just another thing. So that will be exactly. great for self-esteem. <clears throat> yeah, but listen, I have to I have to comment because um, you know, for me, the physical thing was a really big shock that my leg suddenly looked like this awful thing attached to me that was not mine and not part of my body the way I'm used to seeing it. Um, and it wasn't until I 
obviously I found better ideas about compression and bandaging and all these, you know, um, therapeutical management side of things, but also because I had the chance to have some surgery done, which really helped to reduce the size of my leg. Um, this also contributed to me feeling a lot better about myself. And I won't, you know, I can't not say that, oh, no, it's just because I manage it better now. No, it's because of, of a combination of many things. Um, I was able to have this liposuction and a lymph node transfer that have helped to reduce the size of my leg. So I've been very lucky for that. Uh, yeah, I can attribute a lot of my feeling better about myself to this as well. Not everybody has access to this though, um, which is a thing. And I think in those cases, this is why management is so important and being able to realize that, yes, I need compression. I need to wear it every day. I need to exercise. I need to bandage. Like having all those elements in place is really important to, to helping you as well. I think something that would be more readily available to most people if they're not able to have the lymph node transfer or a liposuction surgery, I feel like some counseling would help. I recommend it to a lot of my patients to seek for a sure. therapist for <clears throat> professional advice on how to manage these emotions and these feelings. On an intimate level, couples therapy would be very helpful to two people who are struggling. That would really build their confidence together and help them explore new ways of expressing themselves. Because like we mentioned mm -hmm. a minute ago, and we will talk about later, that genital swelling is a physical barrier. It's mm -hmm. not just an emotional or I'm in my head, I don't want them to see my leg. It's you, you actually do not have access. I cannot participate in mm -hmm. this act. So I feel like um, it was recommended by some people in the group message to practice different forms of sensuality. And one of them mm -hmm. being recommending making MLD a sensual experience for both the patient and the partner. Yeah, for sure. And I thought I mean, that you have made to a improvise. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Improvise. There are many different ways that we can show love towards each other. And, you know, just having sex is, is one of those ways. But there are many other ways that we can um, make each other feel good physically. And it's not just one particular way. But, yeah, this is about being creative and working with lymphedema, not against it. And I think the idea of couples therapy is a great idea because um, sometimes we get so stuck on how we're thinking and what we think feel and what we think other people are thinking about us, which can be totally wrong. So I think having an open discussion with a third person that can help facilitate this discussion and drive it in a different direction um, than all the negative thoughts we might be just keeping inside our heads, I think this is a really good option for people who are really struggling with this mentally and physically to whether they want to do it with their partner or if they want to do it individually. I always think therapy is a great option just to chat with someone that's not your friend, not your family, because, you know, although they want to help us, maybe they don't have the best advices. But yeah, a trained uh, therapist, I think, is a great idea. Do you recommend wearing compression during sex? Well, no. No, I mean... Gosh, we should make our own decisions on this, you know. It's not a doctor that's like 24-7 compression. You must wear it. No way. Like, take it off. Take it off. Enjoy some freedom. Like, it's not as though you're going to, well, maybe some lucky people might be doing this for half a day, but I hope you're not standing up the whole time. Maybe you're laying down a little bit 
too because that wouldn't be good if you're wearing you're not wearing your compression <laughs> um uh yeah like you know it's a temporary thing and you're the boss and you can decide if you want to wear your compression or not take it off you know i take mine off if i can just say that i take mine off i'm not going to wear my compression if you know it's at night time you maybe are anticipating that something might happen before you go to bed or you know maybe you don't want to bandage your leg just so soon as you get out the shower and jump into bed maybe wait a little bit um you know you can sort of plan around it uh, you know your management of lymphedema in that sense if um if you don't want to wear your compression or bandages See, you know wait thinking, a little bit longer <laughs> i was thinking maybe you save your special black compression for uh like the signal like okay it's a go <laughs> tonight it's a possibility it <laughs> Yeah, like I said, work with the lymphedema, not against it. Your black one can be your kinky, like, signal, yeah, like, you know, with the black underwear on or whatever and, you know, some nice lace lingerie as well that matches the black compression garment. Go for it. Make it part of the, the experience. <laughs> so another specific question that was submitted was, what is a good way to make kneeling less painful if that position hurts your swollen knees? Um, maybe an idea is to like, um, I don't know if you can kneel on one leg instead. So you're kind of like half squatting, but like with an L shape leg. Like a half maybe kneeling. That could, mm -hmm. Yeah, like half kneeling one side or um, I don't know, reverse it, reverse it. Um. I'm not really sure. Is this in, in from the perspective of the guy or the girl? So this was actually a female who submitted this question. Yeah, right. Okay. And that made, well, that made me think more along the lines of probably oral sex. And okay. I was thinking that in that case, depending on the height of a bed or a couch or wherever you may be at the mm. moment, that if your partner stands and you can be flat or kind of half kneeling or in a more comfortable position where you're not having to stand up, if that makes any sense, um, yeah. then that might help as well. Um, but I wasn't really sure how to answer this one myself. I thought about, you know, a wedge or something wouldn't necessarily help this as much either. But the thing is, like, when you're when you're intimate with somebody, um, it's kind of a spontaneous experience. You're not, like, planning to, you know, have a chair on standby so you can sit down and, and help your leg out. You're not planning to have, like, a foam wedge that you can sit on or, or elevate your leg on. Right. It's, like, in the moment, you want, you want it to be hot. It doesn't, you don't want to have to think about your lymphedema. So, um, do you know what? First of all, if it's maybe if it's a bit uncomfortable, oh well, that's just that, you know. You you're gonna have to just suck it up a little bit and and accept that, okay, this is a bit uncomfortable, but on the second hand, maybe you try and um find a different uh a different way to be in that position or um improvise a little bit and, and find a different way that works for you. Maybe if, I don't know, standing up's not great, lay down, you can still do something on your side, on your back, uh, from the front or the back, you know, um, just because it's not working in one way, there must be a different variation of that position that, that could work for your particular limb that's hurting in that case. I think those are really good ideas because like you said, you don't always have something on standby to elevate or to support. 
It's like, um, I don't know, people ask me, oh, do you, what do you mean you travel on an aeroplane and go from Europe to Australia once a year because, you know, I'm Australian, I go home. I'm like, do you know what? <laughs> oh, yes, I have lymphedema, but for goodness sake, like I'm not going to let it um, stop me from traveling or, or sitting in a car for seven hours if I want to go on a road trip somewhere. You know, I'll just have to maybe be a bit uncomfortable, but I accept that because I'll get on top of it once I arrive at my destination, you know, like sometimes we have to just not be so serious about it as well, particularly if we're, you know, um, with our partner, we're being intimate. We just need to have a lymphedema-free thinking moment as well and, and forget the rules, you know? So one of the males that messaged me talked about his genital lymphedema and mm. how he has, well, relationship problems. I'll just put it like that. Because he yeah. doesn't know the best time, you know, when do you tell a potential <laughs> partner, hey, I have to wear a jock strap because my genitals stay swollen and the skin changes are different and just in general, the appearance is different than most. Have you met anyone along the way who's had some similar issues? Um, I haven't met anybody because, to be honest, most of the, the people that I know that have genital swelling are actually more like primary lymphedema children cases that I have helped with in the past. So in terms of adults, I think, you know, it's something that people don't talk about and would and are so, you know, scared to, to admit to um, because of all these factors around it, like being judged or or rejected, so which is totally understandable that people would feel like this, whether it's genital swelling or your leg or your arm, wherever. It's it's a really really hard thing to disclose to somebody that you've kind of just met, that you don't have a super strong um, trust or support system already with. Um, so I really understand this situation because actually I found myself in this just recently, um, a very similar situation because I've, I have been married for 10 years, but we've separated and um, yeah, for the last year I've been like single, which has been really scary for me because I was like, you know, I had this question come up, how do I tell somebody I have lymphedema? Oh my God, what am I going to do when it comes to, you know, being in the bedroom and I have to like, how am I going to get this compression garment off? How am I going to hide this? <laughs> so this really came up for me as a topic. So I, I, I really sympathize now with, because in the past I couldn't because, you know, I was married and my husband accepted this and, and it was fine. So I never had to think about this. But now I, I get it and it's really, really, it's a daunting subject. Um but from my experience, like I'm, I really have a really great supportive boyfriend now. He obviously knows I have lymphedema. He um, has heaps of questions about it, but it's not something that, first of all, turns him off. He actually doesn't really care so much. I think he cares more about, you know, me as a person, if I'm nice or, or whatever. He's a bit less superficial than, you know, what my leg looks like. But, um, yeah, it was really hard to, to let's say, get naked. Um in front of somebody that you don't know so well and you have lymphedema, it's um, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Rip the Band-Aid off. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to wrap up our pregnancy and intimacy related to lymphedema talk today. Next week, be sure to tune in for the intimacy and sex specific discussion with Tammy Lutheringer, physical therapist. She's also a pelvic floor specialist. She will definitely have some great insight to this topic.
Mother Teresa says, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you've enjoyed learning more about pregnancy and intimacy related to lymphedema. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.